All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Questlove Supreme Classic. And uh, what can I say? Saida Garrett is such a legend, legendary writer, legendary performer. Um, one of the most exciting episodes and stories that we've had on Questlove Supreme. I hope you enjoyed as much as we enjoyed doing it. This is Saida Garrett's QLS Classic from May 2017. All right. Suprema, su, su, Suprema Roll Call. 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 Quest Love got a theory. Yeah. Thought y'all should know. Yeah. That Jambalaya flavored yogurt might be Jamba CIO. <laughs> Suprema, <laughs> Suprema roll call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. I'm never scared. Yeah. Even when. Yeah. I'm unprepared. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. I'm unpaid bill. Yeah. Flew in to see you. Yeah. And I will not. Yeah. Say shit about mirrors. My name's Boss Bill. Yeah. Got here in a rush. Yeah. Was back at the hotel. Yeah. Jamming to some plush. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. I'm Laia. Yeah. And I just can't stop smiling. Yeah. Cause I'm with Saida. Yeah. Ain't no need to be rhyming. Roll call. Really? Suprema roll call. Your turn. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name's Saida. Yeah. And I'm from Compton. Yeah. When I'm not singing. Yeah. Y'all know I'm bumping. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll 
ladies and gentlemen, that was the most confident a guest of the show yeah. has ever been. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She wins. For someone who was very anxious about doing it, came right in and nailed it. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, she well was done. panicking all of when we warned her about well, I will not be ushered no, you, out of this room. You did well. Tired. You... You you're the winner of, of the hey. most confident delivery. Really. Hey. Yeah, top five. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Quest Love Supreme, only on Pandora. Uh, I'm your host, Quest Love. Uh, I'm the point guard, and I brought Team Supreme today. Uh, Sports references. Yeah, my power forward is uh, Boss Bill, our fierce leader and sometimes coach. What's up? What up? What up? How you doing? Um, yeah, plus record is, is kind of dope. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It's awesome. Got my vote. Yeah, <laughs> my uh, shooting guard is uh, Sugar Steve, our audio genius and god of uh, punchlines. How got you doing? That Good. I can shoot three too from downtown. <laughs> you can? Yeah, they used to call me Downtown Stevie Brown. That's not why they called me. As a woman, I'm I can tell shoot you. the three. I promise you. <laughs> okay. Just pass me the ball. <laughs> okay. Okay. That is not why they called you that. Uh, our small forward is uh, unpaid bill. Small. It's the first time I've ever been called small. Thank Sorry. you very much. Yeah, you're I'll like six it. feet. Yeah, I'll take it. A small forward. Uh, I'm Pete Bill. You're our uh, information and uh, life lesson recorder. That's what I do. Yeah, that's what you do. And uh, our center is another. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I, I actually was center in the Boys and Girls Club on my basketball team. Okay. On the, well, bu- on the bench. But our still. center is uh, yeah. Laia, yeah. a.k.a. Sweet Margaret. Big for her size, her age. That's right. I'll take it. Mm, the or- big big the organized dress. And, uh, you know, she, nice. she keeps us in line. Uh, our guest today. Uh, she kind of takes forward, guest center, get what? Well, you're six man award. Six man. Oh, she's the six man. Oh, the visiting the team. assistant coach. Oh, there you yeah. Go. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Our <laughs> guest today uh she takes what I'll say uh she'll take the title rena- she's living that renaissance life and she takes it to uh the next level. Uh for over 3 decades uh Saida Garrett has done it all, name it singing, uh acting, songwriting, arranging producing, directing, conceptualizing. Um, she's kind of like my favorite type of artist, which um, she's basically, you know, she's dependable. She shows up on time, actually early. early. <laughs> she, she's here before I was people. so excited. Yeah, she shows up early. Um, and basically, I, you know, I think that she also inspires uh, others to be their best. And she comes through in the clutch uh, with, with, with the winning shot. And uh, mm-hmm. not only has she worked basketball metaphors. Yeah, wait, yeah. the coach really, doesn't. The assistant really coach driving home take the, or take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, this time she is. And the fish is say Pittsburgh. Let's not talk about sports. Okay, yeah. really, We're a bunch think. of music people. I yeah. Know, really, that, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I I will say that um, not only not only has she, in my opinion, worked with the best, but I actually believe that those that utilize her her gifts and her talent uh, do so because she is actually the best at it. Um, at what she does. I'm going to have to send you a check. I know, right? <laughs> I'm milking this all in. It's tax season. You know, being at a duetting, uh, the all-time, what I call barbecue classic, don't look any further. Mm, Two-step classic. There you go. Or uh, one of Quincy Jones's uh, most reliable uh, go-to lyricists, pinning, uh, dare I say it, probably Michael Jackson's most important song. I think Man in the Mirror is his most important song. I mean, people have their favorites and people have their go-to classics, but, you know, like John Lennon has Imagine. That's his cry song. That's the one that makes Michael, you cry. Yeah. Michael Jackson has 
Man in the Mirror. That's the I feel like that's one of his most important songs. Uh to her Oscar nominated work for the uh animated film Rio and for Dream Girls, which you won a Grammy for, correct? I did. Yeah, absolutely. Someone's um, done their homework. Absolutely. I love you, Saeed <laughs> Garrett. Welcome to Saeed Garrett to Plus Love Supreme. Yay! Thank you. You're from Compton. <laughs> yeah. And th- what about it? Really? Yeah. 119th and Wilmington, honey. Really? Content, straight up, whites, you know. You, I, I have to say that um, probably the period that where I, I ran into you the most was during uh, your your time with uh, with uh, Brand New Heavies when oh, we were doing yeah. the Smoking Grooves thing yes, together. Yes, uh, And I, you know what? God, I watched you. I completely you, forgot about that. But I watched you every night because the thing you're. You're. I'm sure you've heard this a lot. You're. You're very magnetic, personality. Darling, I can't hear it enough. <laughs> what you is are. your sign? Cancer. I'm a moon child. I'm a moon child. Ah. Well, yeah. You're very magnetic, and so it was to the point where, like, every night, I was watching you guys when you were on. Even though it was, I think you only did like three weeks of of that run. But yeah. They smoked and grooved me out, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I was done, Dada. Yeah, but I, I really, I really didn't want to overwhelm you with the the fandom because even back then, like I would have loved it. I would have loved but it. I'm, I'm sure, like you just get overwhelmed with people asking you, like, man. So tell me what it's like. When you know, I can't hear it enough. I'm telling you. Well, I'm going to love this interview. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say this is this is a show in which all we do is gush. We, we geek out on this show. I love it. Remember love when it. you yeah. sang with Michael Jackson? That was awesome. That was cool. awesome. Remember when? <laughs> That's all we're going to do. Remember that song you wrote for for Ted yeah. Campbell? That, that, was yeah. awesome. that was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. We've really got yeah. you guys are stupid. <laughs> Only on Pandora. <laughs> So you were born in Com- and raised in Compton. I was born at St. Francis Hospital in Linwood, California, and spent the happiest part of my childhood on 119th in Wilmington. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Being raised by my my grandmother, who's passed now. Okay. What was it? What was Compton like then? Because of course, okay, me they, okay, my- they had gangs. They had the Crips and all that. But the worst that the Crips would do to you if they caught you out. Was steal your jacket. Really? That was it, dude. That's that was it. That's they would just steal your leather jacket. Or that jacket. Steal your, your tennis jacket. shoes, and that was it. Now they they shooting people and killing brothers, and I'm you know I'm glad I'm from there, but I'm glad I, I'm not in it right now. I d- I did time in Compton for a little bit. What does that mean? Yeah. What kind of time? When was my that? parents were recording the Congress Alley record, uh, my grandmom lived in uh, Compton, but my cousins were all Crips. And so, to my parents' dismay, you know, me wearing blue so and you wearing were, a derby. You were in Compton while your parents were working on a record that would be sampled for a Compton classic. Nice. Thinking wow. black man. Six Thinking degrees. Thinking black, black man, man right there. That's right. That's right. Six you degrees. Are a thoughtful black man. Well done. How crazy. Thank you. Thank you. That, was, that was a great meta classic reference. Uh, happened. Bill. Bill's referring to uh, nothing but a G thing. Oh. That. Yeah, we still haven't got paid for. So. Oh, <laughs> snap. I you think know. Dre has some money. You might be able to get some. Oh, well, you know. He got a couple of those. He, he can, yeah, afford it. He might be able to. So did you grow up in a musical family, or what's your musical beginnings? Well, my mom was in a singing group with her twin sister and her baby sister, and they were trying to 
pop off when the Supremes were happening. So they called themselves the other three. <laughs> so, so, dude, I would watch them uh, rehearse and they would have their matching outfits and they'd do their makeup and everything and go out and perform in one of these things they called a nightclub. And I was like, what is a nightclub? That just sounds so hot. Like, ooh, I want to go to a nightclub. Can we go? Mommy, can we go? <laughs> no, you can't go to no nightclub. But it's a nightclub. That just sounds so fun. And you guys are dressed up and you're singing. And I want to go to the nightclub. Right. Did, you, did they let you in? No. No. Really? The no. Other this is why I was so I fast. I was, like, I was like eight or nine, and I was I was just fascinated with the idea of those two words going together. Night club. What is that? I wanted to be a part of that. I think that's where the seed was planted. But um, my mother um, was a blender. She's not a soloist. She was a blender. So I think I learned about harmonies and stuff like that. In fact, my first recording gig was with um, uh, R&B artist DJ Rogers. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. So it was right after the Say You Love Me album. The next album he was was recording. (laughs) Oh, that's one of my favorite records. Oh, bless your heart. So uh, my mother was his um, interior decorator, and she was hanging wallpaper in his house. And she's like, you know, DJ... Um, my daughter can sing. He's like, your daughter, my plumber's son, <laughs> the maid's nephew, everybody can. No, no. But my mother was very, very persistent. He said, all right, bring her by. But if she can't sing, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear shit else. I don't, I, I don't hear nothing, nothing mm-hmm. else. So my mother brought me to his house and he sat me down on the piano bench and he said, okay, sing this. And he played some riff and I sang it. And he looked at me like, oh, okay, uh, sing this. So he played something a little more intricate and I sang that and he literally pushed me off the bench. I fell on the floor and next thing I know a couple of days later I'm in the studio singing background with these amazing singers and just blending in the harmonies. They were just so luscious and I was on a high and I came home and three weeks later I got a check. What? <laughs> and I was like, this is some shit I think I can do on a regular basis. And I think that's what started it. It was like, that was my first official recording session. What uh, album was it on? The album after the Say You Love uh, After Say You Love Me. I forgot the name of it. So that might be Love, Music, and Life. There or... you go. Yes. That sounds like it. That sounds like it. Shit. I have that record. Yes. Okay. Play it. You'll hear me in the background, babe. I will do that. <laughs> do my thing. So with the sisters. So th- that's when you were a teenager. Yes, I was, but a child at the time. Yes. So when did you, when did you decide? Were you the only one in your family that had musical aspirations to do? No, my mom and, did. I well, told I mean, you she was, a, but that didn't. Evidently, that didn't work out too well. Right. But um, but she I mean, never, siblings or cousins. No, my sister wishes she could sing. Oh my God, my sister wishes she could sing so badly. Wow. But you can't, Cindy. So. Oh. Yeah. Shots fired. Please tell me. Shots fired. Please tell me. Please tell me. Man down, man down. I can tell you already, I'm so going to love this interview. Oh, yeah. We're not even 10 minutes into it. I'm a love Shots this interview. Shots have been fired. So when, when did you officially, I mean, I guess 
when did you officially start? Like, how did the, the plush, was plush your first situation? Or? Yes, it was my first signage. Really? Um, how did you... How did you how did you run into Renee and Angela? I think I met them through my record label. Um, you were signed to who? I was signed to Quest, which fell into Warner Brothers. So wait, how you were signed to Quest before you did the Plus oh, project? No, no, that was pre that was pre Quincy. You're right. It's I don't know. RCA. It's I think RCA. we were signed to RCA. Yeah. Yes, 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 RCA Records, and they were um, staff producers there, Renee and Angela. It wasn't a very pleasant experience, so I don't want to elaborate on that. Anyway, was, no, 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 no. Renee that, is an asshole. Can I just say that? Can I just say that? Dude, dude, she doesn't want to elaborate. Wait a minute. My manager is like freaking out right now, but I really don't care because he was—he really is. Okay, and I, I, we won't. He was so mean to me. He was <laughs> know, so like, freaking. You're taking me. And then I ran into him thirty years later, working with Michael, right? Two months ago, I ran into him at the gas station. I saw him. Doing the dangerous but I pretended project? like I didn't see him. Really? Yeah, he was pumping gas. No, two months ago. Yeah, just oh, a couple of months ago yeah. I ran into him. And uh, he said something about, I, I drove around him because he was parked, and I drove around his car. And he shouted something like, hey, lady, you can't even drive. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't even know it was you. And you said, oh, he, he, he knew it was me. And then... I uh, he he went in and I was trying to get out of the the lot and he just finished pumping his gas and he said, "Hi, Saida," and I said, "Hi, Renee," and he said, um, I, "I was trying to say that was me that was uh, saying something smart to you." I said, "I know. I, that's why I ignored your ass because it was you." Uh... Anyway, no love lost. <laughs> See, I wasn't even going for the Angela? Renee angle because what I wanted to know was, it was also highly unusual. Uh, for lead producers to be female, which Angela, Angela uh, right? Yeah, and because when was the album recorded? The late, late, early eighties or late seventies? Like, I think it came early. out eighty two. There you go. Okay, so what I was saying is that was a highly unusual. Their whole situation was unusual, and they were very, very successful at it at the time. So, what was it like uh, under her tutelage? Like I said, it wasn't all pleasant, darling. Okay. So, from the look on my manager's face, I'm okay. going to stop right now. Okay. Oh, damn. Before it goes all the way to the heel of my shoe <laughs> that's been inserted in my mouth. This is this is this is uh -oh. one this is one observation. Uh oh, a note's been you just passed. Got notes. <laughs> just like a the West Wing. Look, Madam President, Eric, what is it? Eric, let me just let you know. Let me let you know that we're not in the burning bridges here on Quest Love Supreme. <laughs> only like a little, not all. I, I, little bridges. That bridge not only bridges, burned, like but singed like the to a crisp. Like Madison County. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will move on. No, I, had, I hadn't started writing yet, so uh, I was just signed as a you know a singer in this group. And they How were, many members were there? There was myself and two other guys. I'm sorry, dude. The okay. other three. Shut up. <laughs> the other two. <laughs> yeah, we were plush, and that record lasted like a summer, but it was fun to make. Okay. Know? Okay. I was going to say that the uh, your solo turn, the uh, I don't know where love comes from. There's huh? Well, what the second to last song on side two. I'm, I'm still okay, referring to the plus record. You are killing me, Larry. <laughs> you are killing me right now. 
No, 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 no. But I don't even remember the angry. single from that album, let alone the third song on two, slide two. I, what? 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 <laughs> but here's the thing. That, let's that, play it. That's how this works. It's like you have to remember your career, but if you don't, they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> I'm going to have a question about your I career? I need you guys like to follow life? me around every day. <laughs> I know. So do I. I, I want I want to play a little bit of it because there, there's a very interesting uh, uh, observation. Give I me mean. a beat. All right. Okay, well, I was waiting for the ad lib to come, but the reason why I, I wanted to ask about this song is the fact that I found it very interesting that even though this album came out before Thriller, you channeled one of Mike's oh, most I know, yeah, iconic yeah. ad libs before yeah. he even got to capitalize on it. Which told me you must be a deep Michael Jackson fan because his trademark he 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 really wasn't a thing until it was a thing. Thriller came out. I mean, he did it once on Walk Right Now. He kind of did it on Working Day and Night. I mean, he did a lot on the live record. But by that point, for you to reference that he he I want to hear this riff so bad right now. There, wait, that, was it. It. that was it. Right. Oh my exactly. God. You know what? And that's the thing. I was like, wait a minute. This came out before oh Thriller. Oh, my God. How did you do that? I have no idea. But you know what? I sound a lot like Angela. She yeah, was producing that, that vocal. Too, yeah. They wanted me to be her. And it was killing me. Every song, I had to sing it like she sang it because she did all the demos. Follow and he the was demo. like, Yeah, sing it like she said. That doesn't even sound like me. That sounds like Angela. Well, I mean, I, I, I still, I, I have a... <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for like really good obscure boogie era music, like between seventy nine and eighty three. Like I love it. Pre Prince, post disco, like that zone. So yeah, That's but a I, sweet I, spot, man. I, I love the fact that you managed to reference an iconic ad lib before that iconic ad lib even got. To the icon. Raised to heights. But that's that's sort of the dweeby stuff we do here. I love it. <laughs> of course, love Supreme. So you said the, the group, in, that it only lasted a summer, so the group imploded. Truly. It would, fl- plush got flushed, basically, <laughs> <laughs> from uh, RCA Records. Not even one show or two shows? Or... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Really? It was a, I think it was just a, a write-off kind of thing, you know. Whatever. But I mean, Those did you get? Were the days, my friend. Did you get anything out of it, or like, I mean, at yeah, least I got a recording meeting. experience. Recording yeah, experience. experience was really valuable. Yeah. So I learned just what not to do for the you know the next few albums. So for the next year, <laughs> for the next year, um, I've heard many a story from Dennis Edwards in of "Don't Look Any Further." Mm-hmm. One of which I heard that his original intended duet partner was mm-hmm. supposed to be Shaka Khan. Can well, you refute or what had happened was how yeah how did this happen? When I auditioned for Quincy Jones, there were a 
buttload of songwriters and producers in the room uh, during the auditions. Quincy at the time was recording. Uh, he was putting together Patty Austin's album. Okay. okay. Every recording, home should have one. Yeah. Yes. Recording that album, and and songwriters were submitting songs to Quincy for Patty's album, and I was the demo chick at the time. I was since they saw me at those auditions, I started doing everybody's demos for Quincy for Patty. Well, rewind. What are the auditions? Because that now was, it's just okay, a little different. It's okay. like I see your YouTube page. Oh, let me let me check them out. But what was the circuit? It back was then? it was a what? cattle call from okay. Music Writer Magazine. A friend of mine uh, and, a, and an ex-singer friend of mine whose group I was in since I was a kid uh, was going to the auditions, but she didn't tell me about it. Her boyfriend had told me, right? Shade. So the boyfriend called me and said, Quincy's doing this and then this. I said, okay, okay, where is it? So he gave me the address over at SIR in Hollywood. And I said, okay, what, what time? He said, I don't know. So baby... I showed up at 7 a.m., and it was me and two other people, and we stood in line until, uh, the thing didn't start till noon, but by then, the line was around the block. I was number three, right? So once you were inside, there were two uh, card tables and... uh, uh, paper cl- um, clipboards at each for each day with fifteen inter- uh, fifteen intervals, fifteen minute intervals. Ooh, I, mm-hmm. Reading is fundamental, isn't it? So you you were supposed to go to the table and write down the the time and the day you wanted to audition. And I'm thinking, I'm here now. I think I'll audition now because I'm not going to be any more ready on Tuesday at ten fifteen than I am right now. So. I was one of the first few people to audition, and Quincy told me years later that everyone who performed after me had to be as good as me or better than me. So I went home that day. Baby, the bar was set. (laughs) I went home, and over the course of nine months, I would get these letters. Congratulations, you're one of 500. Quincy does the next letter. You're still in the running, 250, 100, 75, 50, 25, 15, wow. 10, 5, 4. Wow. Me and three dudes. Wow. Wait, I wonder what it was like for the fifth person <laughs> to get like seven <laughs> letters. <laughs> Mom, I made the top five. I'm going to quit my job. They probably were holy hands that night. <laughs> the blooming Actually, onions. So Actually, the, the, the one this this is a little known fact since you're into all this kind of minutia. Yeah, you don't. The say. little known fact is that um, uh, Lisa Melvoin, Wendy's sister, she told us. She was the yeah. fifth member of the group. Susanna Melvoin. Yeah, Susanna. Susanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Susanna. yeah, yeah. She there told us go. about this. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when we first found Plush, I was like, "Is this the group that Susanna was talking about?" Mm, okay, no, no. So. He wanted to put together a he wanted United to, he Benetton. W- no, he wanted uh, 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 Benetton. He, he wanted um, a Fifth Dimension or a Manhattan Transfer. He just yeah. wanted yeah. men and women who sang together or a group. Or, right. You know, he really wanted Take Six, but they hadn't been discovered yet. Who were the other guys? In the- One was um, Kevin Dorsey. Okay. One was Daryl Finnessy. Okay. Yeah. And the other guy was David Swanson. But the guys that ended up going on the road with me was Daryl Finnessy, Kevin Dorsey, and a guy named Dorian Holly. 
think Kevin Dorsey sounds so familiar. He's a, he's on. He used to sing. We used to sing on everybody's everything. everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he had a really amazing, rich bass voice. Yeah, we're lining <clears throat> no chunky. So Daryl, I know from the Michael Jackson he toured with Michael for years, right? Yes. Let me apologize in advance for his. Be- no. Okay. No, never no, mind. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Eric was like, sometimes no! I use. <laughs> No! So many shots fired. So many shots. Swing and a miss. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's what. So this was in '81. Okay. And another note. I believe. Yeah, sure. This was '81 or '82, because I think Susanna was going to take the gig, and then Prince talked her yes, out of doing yes, it. Yes. And said, "Come with us and." Wendy, but Wendy didn't come around until like 83, 82, 82. Okay. But I remember her conclusion, the conclusion was that he told her like, don't you, you know, want to do I always wondered us? what that was about. They never told us why she was no longer oh, rehearsing Very with ambiguous with it. Okay. Yeah. That's so crazy. So thanks for that. What was the name of the group or the project? Deco. We had one. Okay. We were signed and... We were offered artist contracts and writers contracts. Hmm. I was I hadn't written no song. I wrote poems, okay? And I wasn't about to be on the other end of a lawsuit with Quincy Jones for not fulfilling my contractual obligations. Right. So I was like, you know what, guys? Uh, I'm just gonna sign the artist part and you guys, you sign the writers. They were like, fine, whatever. So they took our contracts, went to Quincy's house. I mean, uh, Quincy's office. And he did the equivalent of just like shuffling their contracts on the desk and said, well, where's, where's Saida's contract? They said, oh, she didn't, she didn't want, she just wants the artist thing. She doesn't want a songwriter's thing. So Quincy pushed their papers back across the desk to them and said, you either all sign or nobody signs. Next thing I know. Saida, <laughs> bitch, you better open this door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, so when three large black men calling at your door, you signed the contract. So I signed, and then I began the process of learning the craft of writing a song. They began so the process no... of cashing their checks. Okay. So I was kept on for seven years. They were dismissed. After one year. So you had no designs whatsoever to be None. a songwriter None. or because, to be why. behind the camera? No, no, no. Here's why. Because let's just say Quincy said, okay, you guys have to write 12 songs a year. 12 songs that I own the publishing to. So they were like, fine. They're musicians. They can whip up a song, you know, just them 12 songs a year. Fine. I Okay, if, I, if they had to whip up 12, that means... 50%. I mean, I got to whip up 24 and don't let three people be in the room. I was like, no, no, I don't I don't need this. I, I just want to be a, 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 a artist. And he wants individual songs. So it's not like you as a collective, like, okay, so Bill and I have the song we want to submit to you. Sure. If, he, if you're signed to him, then he owns 50% of your share and Bill gets to keep his part. But that's only half a song for you. So you still got 11 and a half more songs that's to deliver. That's crazy. Yes, exactly. Oh, exactly. Yikes. Exactly. Wow. That's another thinking meme moment. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was an audio equivalent of that. That's crazy. Things that make you go, damn. <laughs> okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. So how does, so once 
that's in place. How does Don't uh, Look Any Further come into? Okay. And the thing is, if you're signed to him, are there restrictions for writing for other people? Or, like, does he get first dibs on all that you yes, do? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. The latter. Um, once I was waiting those nine months, mm-hmm. that's when all those producers, Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil, Dennis Lambert and Franny Goldie, they were all, all in the, the room. Masters. All in the room. And I started doing demos. I even did Shaka's demo through the fire. What? Let uh-uh. me tell you something. Wait a minute. Wait, what? Cynthia Weil... I st- I'm sorry, that's, that's <laughs> somewhere on this earth is your version of Through the Fire. I wanted it so bad. She she claimed she couldn't find the couldn't find the demo. Wink wink. Anyway, so she um uh when I was singing the demo, she did not know Shaka Khan is the reason I sing. Okay? Shaka Khan was my vocal idol. Mm-hmm. I loved her riffs. I loved her tone. I love the fact that Miles Davis sounds told her her voice sounds like a horn because mm-hmm. it does. She's just she's just so sharp and crisp and uh, I love Shaka. Right. So I was doing this demo and they said, "Well, we're writing a song for Shaka Khan." I said, uh, "Sure, I'll, I'll sing it." So I was singing this song, and I sang, "Through the fire." She said. Don't do the R like that. Don't roll. Don't. I said, you have no idea. That is Shaka. I said, trust me. I've been singing Shaka Khan songs since I can remember. (laughs) That is Shaka. Through the fire. And I did that shit. Shaka loved it. She did every lick that I did on the demo. And I was like, praise the Lord. I have, I have. So she follows you to the note. You, you were the the blueprint. I was the demonstration singer, darling. I demonstrated how the song should be sung, god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's insane. (laughs) So so then it goes back to Dennis Edwards and Shaka Khan, right? Yes. So I'm I'm getting it's getting hot in here. I gotta take off my jacket. Okay. It's okay. Don't turn down the table. What you talking about? Don't be blocking nobody else's blessings. (laughs) It's looking good over there, girl. (laughs) So congratulations, Eric. I did this demo for for Franny Goldie and Dennis. Lambert. Yeah. And it yeah. was the song Don't Look Any Further. So that was supposed to be a duet, but they couldn't get the two in the room at the same time. I don't know what was happening. Shaka was on tour. Dennis was, I don't know, somewhere. Anyway, um, I did the demo and, and I did the demo of the whole song. Dennis Edwards came in a few weeks later and put his vocal on. So <clears throat> in the meantime, they were trying to find Shaka. Couldn't. Warner, um, Motown said, look, we got to. We have a release date. We have to release this single. Who? Uh, we can't find Chaka? No? What? Who's on the record? Some chick named Saida Garrett. Great. Leave her on it. Really? So I go back to the studio thinking I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my real vocal now, right? Oh, so they kept I get the to do a real thing. Dennis Leverett said, oh, no, 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 no. We're keeping the vocal you did. So the vocal you hear, bitches, is my demo vocal. So the next time somebody tell you, oh, it's just a demo, smack them in the mouth. (laughs) For me, just smack them right in the damn mouth. Wow. I love that I can curse on this radio. Bitches. This shit is fabulous. Let it be known that Eric's rolling his eyes in the corner. Eric's having the best time that anybody's having. Eric Eric is loving his life. I got you, bro. Yeah, we got you. Eric's good. I got you, man. No, you got him. She. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it happened. It's 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 amazing because it's amazing to me because 
the very first time I saw you was the first on Soul Train. Time. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, t- I'll take all the questions. <laughs> yeah, it was on Soul Train. And, you know, even in the show introduction, when, you know, Sid McCoy's like, you know, in guest stars, you see Dennis Edwards. I was like, wow, who's that woman that's standing with Dennis Edwards in the, the digital box intro? And I watched it, and it was like, you, that was your segment. Dennis wasn't even there. I'm, I'm, I'm a soul trainer file as oh, well, so I'm, I'm not trying to freak you guys out. But that was such, that was a star-making turn. Like, you took over. Not even took over, because that feels like a coup d'etat, but it, it was like, presence. I remembered, yes, I remembered you more than Dennis Edward having the best hit of his career yeah. since what standing on the top forever, yeah, and and that was such a star making like you really made the most of it. I also have to say that that video is okay. I'm gonna smack you so hard. No, no, listen, listen. I love that it. Video, I, love that video. I love it for the right reasons. Yeah. Okay, geek, check this out. <laughs> Oh yes. That, that video <laughs> I'm in love. That video was shot in the basement of Motown Records. I think it cost eleven dollars and fifty-seven cents. Including the electricity that it cost. Yeah, and Dennis was not in his best form. Yeah, the, the, the tux was working though. In fact, Dennis was like he was so amped. Uh, the video director between shoots, she would come over. She, at one point, she came over with a piece of paper and she said, let me, can you put your gum in? And Dennis was like, I ain't got no gum. I ain't got no gum. I ain't got no gum in my mouth. I ain't got no gum. I got no gum. <laughs> he was just chewing the shit out of his own tongue. No fucking way. Now, now, now look at it. Look at he it was again. chewing. Yes, he was chewing in the beginning. Yes. And then, I didn't know it at the time, but you know when I turned around oh my with my back a, to Dennis? That's awesome. <laughs> Did you see that? We're watching the video. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. You guys continue, are continue. wrong with a capital K. <laughs> no, now you're never going to be able to look Wait. at that video the same oh, way. Look at Saida in the back. I'm sorry. Girl, that dress, that blue, the blue. With blue the... suede, y'all. Blue suede. But listen, <laughs> when I turned around, I didn't know that he was humping me behind me. <laughs> I had no idea. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. That move. <laughs> and when I saw it, I said, that nasty bastard. <laughs> You, but you made the most of a mo- like. How how long did you have to promote the song? With it him? was a, a it was a hot summer on the East Coast, and yeah, it was you- not pleasant. We did clubs, and Dennis had okay, you know, <clears throat> he had groupies. And you know, Usher has groupies, but these were not Dennis, Usher as right, right, groupies. Right. Like mama. Okay, so Dennis's groupies correlated with his age group. I get it. So we had some <laughs> A little one. <laughs> so we I'll tell you one experience. We were at this club called the Silver Something in Jersey, right? Silver Shadow. So it was one big dressing room. You were there, Eric? I told him about it. <laughs> okay, okay. So was, I guess he's been in that club. You know, Eric used to do A&R for um, Epic. Okay, okay. 
Wow. Yeah, okay. I, VP hey, under Aristide under know. Clive Davis. I, yeah. I didn't even know that. Okay. Uh, just a little nugget for your. <laughs> Thank you. Your Check nerd, it out. For geek. your nerd Bible. Yes. <laughs> so, um. You fancy you call me geek. Saying? I'm yeah. like, this is the honor uh, of my life right uh, now. That should be your ringtone. Man. I know. Right? <laughs> so go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> Dennis, uh, it was almost time to do the show, and he had all these people, and they were smoking and drinking and going in the bathroom to smoke. You know what I'm saying? In quotes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I said, excuse me, I, I, you know, I'd like to get dressed now. One of his groupies said, oh, honey, you ain't got nothing he ain't never seen before. <laughs> never, ever. I said, he hasn't seen this one before, so can I just change my clothes? So he left, went to the bathroom. But it was those kind of things. I'm trying to do a show and his, he and his other buddies and their chicks and his chick all in the room and, and it's like one little dressing room. I'm like, can you please? Anyway, years later, he sent me, um, he called me and apologized because I guess that's an, that's a thing you have to do when you go one through of the some steps, things. Yeah, yeah uh, whatever. HR. Whatever. Anyway. Oh, one of the steps. <laughs> yeah. Not HR. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little further past HR. <laughs> That's AA and NA, not HR, wrong acronym. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, he was making amends, and um, I accepted his apology, but I said, You are so mean to me. He said, I know, I know I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah. Did he, Dennis Edwards. Were you only a, there for one song and that's it? Like, that's was it, he, baby. That's was all he I can smart take. Enough to that's incorporate... all I can take. Really? <laughs> yes. I would have incorporated you in this show and like, all right. But Dennis wasn't trying to be in no show with anybody else. He was just trying to do Dennis. It's a Dennis Edwards show. Yeah. And we, and we were just promoting the single at the time, so... Can I just ask a dumb question here? Yes. I, I think like, this is the platform. I, 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 girl, you be surprised, though. Even the dumb one's got to be smart. Let me see how I say this. Amadeus. I'm Jumbo. Oh, just please. Jumbo okay, juice. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute with your Jumbo juice. Wait. Come on, Amadeus. Jambalaya and yogurt. It's I told the, you already. It's no. the name. I asked for any and Dennis. It's They just looked up names of African cities. <laughs> Ah. We thought it was Swahili. No, it might be. It might be. It might be. I don't. I'm not sure. But it's just that they like the sound of certain cities, and they just strung them together. Hi but here's bro. how it goes. Okay. Yes. Deo. Yes. Umbadeo. Mm-hmm. Najambe Umbayo. Oh, ain't no Cairo in there. Okay. No, no Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> no jambalaya. Deo. So good. Deo. Recording this. Umbadeo. 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 Jamba. Najambe Umbayo. Najambe Umbayo. Still no Cairo. Still no Cairo. Wrong part of Africa. Najambe Umbayo. I thought Jamba Titayo. Najambe Umbayo. Oh, you sound so Nigeria. All right. What was the other one? Deo Umbadeo. Namboji Ayo. Namboji Ayo. Namboji Ayo. I think I'm in the wrong room. Yeah. I think I might have wandered into See, another radio show. Kid, man? <laughs> you and me both. What are we doing he here? got that sugar. He in the right room. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait till I tell you how I got the sugar. <laughs> Thank you for finally settling that. You're for us so welcome. Because. It, it was a problem. It was a problem. It's like, I'm a dance. They put them in there. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> they got my juice up in there. My city, Cairo. 
Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So can you <laughs> explain to us and the listeners, but mostly to me, <laughs> <laughs> What is what is it like um, pounding the pavement on the background singer uh, circuit? Which mm. I'm sure that was your next step. I mean, you've done countless of. Yeah, that was an education, though, man. That was a real uh, learning experience for me because, like I said, I started doing demos for L.A. songwriters right. and 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 producers. So I got to. I got to experience completely different styles from every, you know, pop producer that was on the charts and was writing songs for whatever Quincy's next artist was. Mm -hmm. So it was a it was a true training ground for me as a as a singer. And singing uh lead is a completely different animal than blending with other people to make a, a cohesive background sound to not stand in the way or you have to you can't you can't stand you can't step out and you can't be 
too silent, you have to blend. You have to create a sound, a harmonious sound with the other people that you're singing with. And that's what I loved so much about singing background on other people's records. That and the fact that I got to work with producers that I never would ever work with because I'm not that that big artist that they're writing for. But I'm the, the chick that shows the artist how to sing the song. It was, it's just such an amazing, powerful feeling. And nobody does demos anymore. Nobody, you know... It's a sad state of affairs. Well, yeah, At least sometimes they're not calling me. I don't know. Maybe they are. They're, no, they're not demos calling. just become the the final uh, the final product. The final product. So I guess so, huh? You worked with um, uh, who did Troop of Steve, Stephen Bray and Patrick Leonard, right? Yes. So oh, I have a great story for you. Yes. Has it been clear? Is she, uh, she allowed to go there? Why are we all there? Why are we all there? Eric, can you tell the story, please? This You're going to love this. This, this, is, this is about Madonna, and she, she fucking loves this story. So we're, we're making music uh, on the True Blue album, and Steve says to me, um, we need some background singers. And I'm like, okay, I'll call, you know, I'll call somebody. So I called. I'm trying to think of what kind of blend for this song. So I, I called my friend, um, uh, uh, Edie Lehman. Okay. Who was like the jingle Go-to. singer, the person, perfect pitch. She was on every every movie score. She was the singer. So I called Edie because I'd sung with her before, and I said, they need one more person. And before I thought too much more about it, Madonna was right there. I said, you want to sing on this record? Because I can hire you to sing oh, this is on not this Madonna record. Madonna yet. This yes, is just... this is Madonna. No, it's Madonna. Okay. Yes. Oh, oh, regular oh, it's, Madonna. It's Madonna. Okay, yeah. I didn't know she was that yeah. status yet. She, okay. she, yeah, yeah. she was Madonna. This is like second album. Yeah. Blue, third album. So, uh, third album, yeah, yeah. Sorry. She said, yeah. So we're singing, right? And Madonna would, uh, uh, she, we would joke and laughing. And, and every time she would make a joke, she would just like, tap that ass. <laughs> <laughs> she, would, she would make a joke and just, <laughs> tap me on the ass. <laughs> So after two or three times of the ass tapping, (laughs) I said, bitch, you touched my ass one more time. (laughs) I'm going to fuck you up. (laughs) She said, oh, Saida, I'm just playing. But that was it. She didn't didn't touch my ass again. But you know what? Uh, Three or four years later, maybe 10 years later, I'm in this restaurant. Uh... Uh, on La Cien- Ma- Ma- uh, Matuhisa. Okay. I'm in the private dining area because that's how I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm by myself. I don't give a shit. I'll eat, I don't care. I eat by myself. I don't care what people think about me in sitting alone. In the pri- I don't give a shit. Yes. So it was me and then in walks Madonna and her husband. Mm-hmm. So You're trying to find which one it is? Yeah, I was okay. Just, okay, the, the husband. husband I got you. Carlos. The director. Oh, Guy Ritchie? Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Ritchie. So I said to her, she goes, hey, Saida, how are you? I'm like, I'm great. Hi, Mrs. Ritchie. (laughs) And her husband just beamed, because who calls her that? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Hi, Mrs. Ritchie. So she said, so, Saida, um, what have you been doing? What are you doing lately? And I said, I had heard that one of her background singers was, was not working out too well. So when she said, so, what are you up to? I said... I'm waiting for Donna to fuck up so I can take her place. Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Where are the shots? I was going to ask, was it Nikki or was it Donna? Uh, okay. It was Donna Delory. Miss, yeah, that 
demon. Anyway, so, wait, is that the thing? That's another. That, I'm not getting my husband. Eric, my husband is freaking out. Okay, I don't give a shit. Where is she? So many bodies are being discussed right now. Okay, so many bodies. So anyway, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop. Anyway, so Eric's gonna have to go dig more holes. I forgot later. what I was gonna say. Anyway, <laughs> we got the shovel in the car. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus! So wait, keep going. Please I don't help. even know what I was saying. Oh, in, in my head, wait. You were waiting for Donna to fuck is that, is that Madonna walked past and you smacked her on the ass? That's, no, how, no. That's how I really That's wanted to. Wrong end. ass. I know. So you said I heard Donna fucking. Oh up, yeah, yeah. She, so. she laughed. So three years later, I get a call. Maybe a year and a half, but it was a lengthy. Maybe almost almost two years. Maybe three. So I get this call, and uh, the top I ended up going on the road with her. For um, a summer, the reinvention tour. Mm-hmm. We rehearsed for a month and we were out for three months, and it was the longest year and a half of my life. How? Yeah, when when you are a when you're a natural born magnet and your own planet. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good description. No, when you are your own, how do you know when to fall back and just blend in? When you're so obviously like, ah, I'm, you, you shine. Bless, so well, it, here I have to give Madonna kudos because she knows that no matter who else is on stage, it's all about Madonna. So if you understand that, then you can roll with her. It's not a problem. But you have to resign to that. Like well, okay, I knew that with, when I signed up Richard. for the gig. I knew what I was doing when I signed up for the gig. I knew who the star of the planet was, and it wasn't Saeed Garrett. Right. I wasn't filling up stadiums. They came to see her. Right, right. So there's no... So never any temptation, though? To... Well, she would bring me... She brought me out to do right. a solo. Oh, okay. I mean, right. the other... Donna had been on the road with her for 17 years. That bitch never got a solo. So I knew there was something about me that she understood and she respected. Madonna, if you, if you don't cower, if you don't back down, then she respects that. Hmm... She truly does. And she knows she's not the best dancer, knows she's not the best singer, will be the first to tell you that. But that bitch is the hardest worker I've ever met in my life. True. She works her arse off. You're right. You're right. She And if she was saying, for 20 fucking years, (laughs) that's what she'd say on the cherry picker to all her fans as she hovered above them. Thanks for being my fans for 20 fucking years. (laughs) Awesome. Wow. What are the rules to to surviving in that, that kind of world, that circuit? You know who the star is. And it's usually not the background. Well, singer. no, 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 no. I don't even mean for conscious. I'm talking about like when you're called for work. Is it do do producers look for like okay, who sings the flattest without the, the most vibrato? Who shows up a half hour early? Who a good producer will consider all of those things because they already know what kind of sound they're looking for, and they'll just hire the singers that they think can create that sound for them. Is it easy for you to track everything yourself? Or to do it with, like, who are your who who are the contemporaries? Who are the go to people in background work? Oh God! In the first half of the eighties, it had to be like you know Lisa Fisher, uh, uh, all those New York Audrey Wheeler, Cindy Mizell. Mm-hmm. Um, they a bunch they of yeah. LA singers were not even featured in this twenty the, steps. Yeah, before. and then there was background singers that didn't really. Have a background. Anyway, um, that's something else. 
I can't. Oh, Tawatha. Oh yeah, Tawatha, yeah, Tawatha, yeah, yeah. All these, all these amazing singers. Yeah. That, and Tawatha might have even been on that DJ Rogers thing okay. of mine. Yeah, my first gig. Okay. But anyway, it, it, you get to know who you know, the ones that are dependable, the ones who get the job done, the ones that do it quickly, and the ones that also producers are looking for people to come up with ideas that they didn't think of. That, you know, different harmony parts, different counter melody parts that you can come up with on the spot. So, do they send you the track pronto and no. then? You oh, learn you everything learn on the spot. On the spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. And if you make changes, do you get a check for that? No. No. Wow. That's part of why they hired you. They knew yeah. you could make the product better wow. without, you know, without being a writer. Creating I was a work a for hire. Splash. So, you know what? I this this morning when I was recapping everything, I freaking forgot about do you want it right now? Oh, wow. I, it's just one of those things that escaped me. Check this out. Yes. <laughs> Nerdorama. Yes. <laughs> Ringtone. That song was produced by Jellybean Jelly Bean Bonitas. Bonita. Okay. Yeah. He was one of the three producers that I had after one of my ill-fated albums that is on the shelf at Warner Brothers that will be never never ever be heard or seen from in life. But he was wait, before, wait, 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 what? Rewind. That was after the fact. I I my first album on Quest had three producers, Jelly Bean. Glenn Ballard and and um, and uh, Cliff Magnus and uh, Robbie Neville, and it never came out. No. What year was it? Eighty five. Eighty five. I don't even remember. So this is before Kiss of Life. There was an album. Yes, yes. That, there were two albums. There were a lot of changes that went uh, from Quest transition to Warner Brothers and divorce, and it was a lot of it was a lot of shit going on. What? Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do, do we yeah. know anybody in, in, in the archives at Warner? I'm gonna find one. <laughs> You're gonna find one? Oh, we do that. We're, we're, we, gonna, we're, we, gonna, we're gonna try and find that record. Both of them. Your they were never released. They're on the. No, but we're gonna we'll find we'll, it. We'll, we'll, oh, I'm we'll scared it. of you guys. Anyway, <laughs> we do that. Yeah, <laughs> we find losses. Don't be scared. So, so, so this this um, single, do you want it right now? Was in. The Sydney Poitier directorial debut, Fast, Fast Forward. forward. Yeah. And the song is in the movie, in the guitar solo. So you never even hear me say a word on, on the film. But that song was released to the dance clubs, and it was number one dance record. It was inescapable. Yeah. I'm sorry. I admit, I thought it was Shannon in the beginning. But Poor it was thing. all... No, I know. I, no, no, no. I, I mean, I was what thirteen at the time. I just, but they always played it on Power ninety nine in Philly. This is the fast forward, the movie, the 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 dance, the song. Fast forward. I know before the movie, right? Yeah. Moving fast forward. Okay. You seen that movie? What? I I seen all the dancing movies. Wait a minute. <laughs> that this, movie was out for like twenty wait, wait. minutes. You sure you? I wait promise you, it had the blonde and then the rich people. I remember, and then it was, the, it was the black guy and the white guy, and they were friends. Wait, and Team they Supreme. They lived together in the. Apartment. This is a, this is a key moment no. for us. I wish Fonte was here. Right? That Laia had, had a one on yeah. top of us. Yeah. On. <clears throat> oh. What you're experiencing now, what you feel, this never this happens. Never happens. <laughs> when Laia knows some shit that TV no one baby. else knows. Eighties baby. Yeah. Okay. Have you, seen, know. have you seen Body Rock too? Yeah. Must be oh. your spike. So, what was must be your Spike Lee glasses. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. We're falling to a rabbit hole right here. Um, so it's dark in there too. On on the it is we have dark <laughs> secrets. So even on the strength of of having that single, no one at Warner's was like, okay, let's let's get that out. Let, let's get the product out. No, 
snow. <laughs> there was a lot of upheaval in the Warner family and the Quest family, and it was I just sort of fell through the cracks so as an I- artist, but as a songwriter. You know, it behooved Quest to, you know, plug me into different projects, which is how I came to meet Michael Jackson. So what what keeps you what keeps you sane? My husband keeps me sane. That's why I married him. What keeps you sane? What's the gym saying? He had a little bit of face like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that is a job. I really wish y'all could see the look on Eric's face. He's the loudest one in the room, but you didn't hear one voice yeah, yet. Yeah, right. Oh. Oh, so he's glad he went from 20% to 50%. Okay, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> but what, what I want to know, damn, they just gave each other a high five. That's amazing. Relationship goal. He's like, I'll go get the shovel. Honey. <laughs> dream work. Teamwork is a dream work, baby. So, but I'm just saying, Matt, to... You know, to start when you did, and then to have the plush project almost be a contender, and then you might get some heat on the the Dennis Edwards problem. It's almost a contender, and kind of some close nose cigars. Not my year. It's not my year. I'm sure every like New Year's Eve, you're like, okay, 1985. This gonna be the. This gonna be it. And like, what keeps you grounded? Because usually, in the cases I know. A lot of bitterness starts to enter artists' lives, usually by the sixth year of, like, the no cigar situation. Mm. Like, okay, if it doesn't happen this year, mm. then... Well... And what ahead. what keeps you... what By this point, men- mentally speaking, like, with the way that the label was, what keeps you hanging on? Wait, is this where Benny enters the oh, picture? God. Sorry. All right. I pro- I'm sorry, Eric. Eric just had a... He was already slumped over. Yeah, now he slumped over. It's just like 20 degrees colder. Oh, Eric. Eric, just breathe, breathe, brother. Breathe, Let's breathe, Let's talk baby. about Sergio breathe. Mendez. Um, no, no, no. All right. Let me just... I'm trying to explain that this show is, is not... This is probably the deepest we've ever gotten into... Stirring talk. the pot? Yeah. Because... No, but seriously... I'm I'm more curious about the creative process and getting from point A to point Z. Not just like, oh, give me the sensationalist stories. Like, you know, what shirt was that I wearing that day? But I am curious about obstacles that are in your way and how you deal with it and overcome such a thing to get to. Man, you just, I don't know, you just don't, I just haven't stopped. You can't stop. You just got to keep Focused, eye on the prize. Just keep your keep focused on your goals, no matter. And then all that other stuff is just extraneous stuff that's happening while you're focused on your goal. So what? Okay, for that point, what in your eyes? And you know, everyone has a plan. Mm-hmm. And quote, God laughs at you. Whatever the, right. the, that thing is that that's that saying. What were your aspirations? During that period, I was, was it like be, I want to sell out stadiums? I was, I wanna... I was gonna be Madonna, and then I was gonna be Beyonce. I was gonna be it, but that part of my career just never kind of took off. But as a songwriter, because the focus wasn't on me as an artist, I think I had to concentrate on what was happening, 
And as a songwriter, I was doing a lot more than I was as uh, my own artist. I mean, if you can't have a hit song after having a duet with the king of pop, the biggest pop songwriter in the world, if if your record company can't get it together after that, and then a few months after that, you wrote uh, the the fifth single from the biggest pop song artist in the world and you still can't get, get it going, it just wasn't meant for me. Like, I was on the Bad Tour. The single had just come out. Warner Brothers was like, you got you to gotta stay here and we got to make your record. You got to, you know, while this is hot, you got to do this. And the Man in the Mirror is coming out. You got to make your own record. So I rehearsed with the Bad Tour for like a week. Right. And after a week, I told Michael, I said, dude, I got I to gotta do my own shit. I mean, Warner Brothers is saying, so right. sorry. I left, entered Cheryl Crow. Right. And the rest is herstory, bitches. Herstory. I see. Did executives ever come to you, like, you know, in that artist type of way? Well, if you change this and if you change that, because I always thought it was dope. You were ahead of your time. You know how I feel about hair. They wanted me to be Mary J. Blige. They, I was, you know, they looked at me and they saw an R&B singer, which which I wasn't. I'm a pop singer, but I'm not Madonna. So they were, you know, the, the look didn't match the road I was trying to go down. So... After a while, you gotta go with the flow, baby. You gotta, however it's flowing, you gotta make that work. But you can't. You, you you have to understand that usually the conclusion that you just told me, that's always reached in hindsight. Mm. Now, I mean the 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 key reason why I even have this show as a platform is for what you just said. Because I got about six or seven people in my lives. My lives. I, I have a lot of lives. You have lives. many lives. <laughs> You're a cat. Like brands. I have six or seven people in my life who their narrative is constantly going down dead-end streets. Mm. And just like, nope, nope. Did you read that book about the cheese and the rats and the new cheese? <laughs> I might have wrote there was it. A book, there was a, I forgot the name of it, but, but who moved my cheese? Okay. Who moved my cheese? That book is about these two little rats who every day they would get out of their little house and get dressed for work and they'd go in the maze and they'd find the cheese and and then they'd go home and get undressed, go to sleep. Next day they'd get up, get dressed, go down the maze and find the cheese. One day there was no cheese. But one little rat just kept getting up, getting dressed, going down the road, looking for cheese. The other rat started looking for some new cheese. So as an artist, I was looking for some new cheese. <laughs> that was the best cheese story we've ever heard on this show. I, it <laughs> was. Shit. I just want to know. <laughs> I've been in that new cheese situation. Yeah. Because, again, I personally, and I, I hate, I, I know I'm regressing to older mirror where I start taking over the interviews and making the interview I'm about too. me in, yeah. instead of the artist. Yeah. But I got to. This this is a rare. Okay. This is a rare time. Tell us I get about to the cheese, Amir. Tell us about the cheese. No, no, no. But I'm just saying that. <laughs> as, was it blue? Was it blue? Was it Swiss? Yeah. As, <laughs> as, as an, it as an artist Gouda? in the beginning, when you're first starting, you have these lofty goals of what you want your life to be. Yes. I didn't ask to. You know, it wasn't a dream. I mean, yeah. You said, oh yeah, I'd like to host a radio show or be the new Doc Severson on a. Show. But I didn't grow up like as an eight year old like. Hmm. Like half the stuff, like writing, you know, books about food and all that stuff. I had a specific goal that I thought was going to get me to 
where my dream was. And then, you know, but I also have about four or five ledge talkers that talk me off the ledge from sabotaging mm. stuff. Because when stuff doesn't go right for me, my first instinct is, fuck it. And mm-hmm. now none of us can play ball. You know, like I'm that person. But. Oh, you, the, I'm taking my ball and I'm right? going home, kid. Oh, I'll take the ball and roof it. So nobody can have it. But I'm also smart enough to listen. If three, like 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. So if four people are telling me, I think you need to fuck, you're fucking up. I need you to breathe. <laughs> Calm down. That was yeah, a different way. I thought, yeah, I thought way. You, they were telling who you, you who you need to fuck. Yeah, who to get you need with, to fuck? Yeah, who, okay. who you fucking? No, Never I'm mind. just saying that you're, I'm just saying that I had that. But how did you... Because the narrative of anyone else I talk to, this is where the downside of the, the dark, the side dark of the period music, happens. Yeah. But you just went with the punch and just like, okay, well, it wasn't meant for me yeah, to. What, what? What? I had no other option. Like, what were there was no other alternative. You either. It was not about. I was not about to just go down like that. I. I was just not going out like that. I. I had. I wanted to just find a new way to to make my to name to make to get my music out there, and if it wasn't through me, then I'll just write it for somebody else to do. All right, yeah, I'm I'm gonna bookmark this part of the interview and make sure that 95 billion people listen to you, you saying that because I new cheese. That's yes, I'm yeah. And can we title this new cheese? New cheese, yeah. new cheese, <laughs> queso profundo. Check this Chapter out. Eight. I for those of you who are who are live in Spanish Southern California. <laughs> For the last 16 years, from 2000 to January 2016, mm-hmm. I was the voice of Toyota for Southern California. Jingles. New cheese. New, New cheese, wow. baby. <laughs> now at your Toyota dealer, you can get a great deal on a 2016 Toyota. <laughs> Holy shit. Toyota. I'm a Toyota right now. Let's go places. <laughs> Let's go places, bitches. Uh, <laughs> that's what I love. So those about are my you. career goals. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, Dope. Yeah. That's dope. New cheese. New cheese. Now who I didn't wake up going, oh my God, I wanna I wanna be that announcer girl. It happened. I was singing the jingle. We make it easy. Oh, so easy. I'm in How that many group. jingles have you done? Many, many. For many Can products. Can you name some that I don't know or that I might know or uh well I've done lots of Pepsi, lots of Coca-Cola commercials, Jack in the Box, McDonald's, just ooze and ahs all over the place. And and um the dang you real rich <laughs> no no <laughs> no no casino she's a working Morongo. i'm on that too and uh i'm just wait, yeah, let me yeah, and yeah. that's another thing uh, this is going to be that episode okay that's fine just because you work a lot doesn't mean that you're bringing in the dough oh yeah i know like the trash man that work a yeah. lot may not bring yeah. but but Steve. when you are doing like no, several commercials i'm the plumber i'm i consider myself Mr. You 19 Jobs? You don't know what a lot of dough is anymore. You're in a bubble. But to the rest no, of us, this is... No! Okay. Dog, right. it, I'm just saying, it oh. means that you're consistently working. You're a working class... Nigga! Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. Did I miss something? We're getting yeah, some other kind of cheese. We're talking about how working class love It's still in JJ time, so go ahead. But the jingles... Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, that was another way for me to still sing and be musical, but not be an artist and not be signed to a label, and not be. You know what else I hated about being signed to a label? What they had their own agenda. 
And it doesn't matter what kind of artist you want to be or what artist you think you can be or who you think you are. If you don't fit into that box that they have, the R&B box, the pop box, with all the, the looks and everything that goes with it, then you are just looked over and you fall through the cracks. I know so many artists like that. Tevin was like that. Tevin had, his sweet spot was before his balls dropped and his voice changed. So after that, nobody wanted, nobody wanted to fuck with Tevin because he didn't have those high notes anymore. But Tevin took his... uh gift and his talent and he went to Broadway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he found some new cheese. New cheese. Wow. Not to mention your your uh, your 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 acting game is is Oh god. Quite awesome. <laughs> oh god. new cheese. My first you're, yeah you're when I got my first VCR right now. First show I ever recorded was right The Facts now. of Life. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like, when you get your first VCR, you got to record everything when you were a kid? Like, yeah. <laughs> Steve's like, no. no. I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking of some stuff my dad recorded. <laughs> <laughs> that I happened to find out. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty much recording everything. Yeah. <laughs> Changed fir- my life. Changed my life. The yeah. first week we got a VCR, I recorded everything that was on television. And it just Bless happened. Her episode of... Uh, Facts of Life was Facts of Life. the one that that I did. What, what I did Amen. I did an episode of Amen. I remember that episode. Yeah, where you wanted to be a, a I want to be a singer. A singer. <laughs> <laughs> no, Uncle Ruben. I want to be a oh, singer. Clinton Davis was your aunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. No, yeah, she was. Uh, uh, I guess Mrs. Garrett's girls wanted to enter a Sing with the Elder Barge contest. Oh yeah, and I think. George Clooney's character and whoever the kid was. That's right. I was, George Clooney was I on worked show. with George Clooney. Wait, George, before yeah, he, was, he was on the Facts of Life. Right, later Facts of Life when they had their own bakery and whatnot. Right. Okay. Yes. So they organized <laughs> them to enter this contest. And then Saeedi's group was like. Tootie, Tootie's group won. It's their fucking show. So. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Tootie. Fuck Tootie. Fuck Tootie. Kim's a friend of the show. But she lost the whole two of hearts thing. Remember that one too? So. Two you were on two parts. No, Stacey no, Hart. and Tootie lost when she was trying oh, to remember that. Oh, phew. yeah. I was like, wait, you were on two parts. Two hearts that beat as one. Anyway, no, Stacey. I, let me let me tell you, I was on a um, an ill fated pilot called Wally, Wally and the Valentines. Valentines. Yes. Wally and the Valentines. Okay. I can't find this. On that that uh, pilot episode was Tevin Campbell, Tatiana Ali, and Cindy Cindy Heron, mm-hmm. Saida Garrett. Mm-hmm. They were like, and, and everybody was like nobody then. And after that, they went on to do what they went on to do. But um, Jeff Franklin was the producer of that. And he produced um, uh, Family Ties? Full family House. Full House. Full House, right? So they did a, um, a, a re, they rebooted the show. And one of the actresses on the show, whose name is Jody Sweeten. Sweeten. That one. Sweeten. She uh, is in a a rock band, her little band, and I wrote the song that her band sings. So this is like 30 years later, that producer who hired me as as an actress, but... And I was on the pilot as as the sister of Cindy and Tevin. Right. And and we were in this vocal group. Anyway, the, the pilot went nowhere, but he and I remained friends. And like 30 years after the fact, I got married at his house. 
Oh. In Beverly Hills. And then he, he said, well, we got this show. You want to write? This? So I'm right. So those relationships that are forged early on in your mm-hmm. career, if you know how to nurture them, they're just valuable. People remember how, how professional you were, how, how important you were to the project they were working on, how you added your ideas. And they remember you for other things. But had I been an asshole on that set? Wait a minute. I'd have probably gotten married at the the, the, the town hall. Compton, yeah, right. And yeah, in Compton. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, you just did you bring Tevin to Quincy? I did. I was one of the first few people. Ah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense now. Because I was yeah. like, wait a minute, how did Tevin yep. enter the picture without it was, Quincy? Quincy heard about Tevin from me and from Benny Bedina around the same time. Because I was I was in the show with him, and I knew he could sing. Tevin had such a thick accent that I remember talking to him about some mark he had on his arm or some really scar on his arm. I said, how'd you get that? He said, oh, me and my sisters. Oh, shit. (laughs) We was running, and I was running with some sizzles. I said, you were running with what? Some sizzles. I said, child, where are you from? I'm from Waxahachie, Texas. (laughs) Where they pronounce scissors like sizzles. Waxahachie. Waxahachie. That is That's a that's Waxahachie. Waxahachie and the Jambe Umbayo. There will be a test later. Yo, he lost that accent by the time he did Fresh Prince. That's interesting because I was thinking about the Tatiana reunion on Fresh Prince. Yeah. yeah Tevin was deep south. Mm, Waxahachie. Okay. So you brought him to Quincy. Okay. Because. Around the same time that Benny did. Like. Because I. I often might have Sunday brunch in a certain New York establishment and I'll I hop (laughs) (laughs) and I'll I'll still see Bobby Humphrey occasionally and she'll be like I discovered Darren Gamble. Like, oh, that's right. I that's forgot. Her. Yeah, oh. yeah. Because her name was her like logo or something was on the first two albums or something like that. Right, yeah. right, right. I don't know right. about that. Yeah. Sorry, Bobby. The the way that I've always heard Quincy Jones describe uh, the creative process in sourcing material for Michael is that I'm always hearing numbers like, yeah, we sat and listened to 300 songs. We sat and listened to 500 songs. So. I mean, again, today is a whole new different standard. So am I to believe that the standard for then was that you would uh, go to a certain publishing house and just have cassettes and all these songs submitted to you and you just sit there and listen? And Well, no, Quincy would put the word out to songwriters that he trusted. respected. Yeah, and that knew could deliver. So, And then they would start submitting songs. And I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that they heard up to 300, 500 songs because uh, Quincy informed me after I delivered the cassette to Man in the Mirror that um, he and Michael had been in the studio for like two and a half years. And Michael had yet to record a song he didn't write. So Quincy was like, I don't know. I don't know. But then he said, don't worry, Sid. If we don't record it with Michael on his album, the bad album, Mm-hmm. I'll record it with James Ingram on my album. And I'm thinking, Michael Jackson, James <laughs> Ingram. Michael Jackson, James Ingram. Mm. Had to let it go. But um, as it turned out, uh, Michael loved the song. And in fact, the first thing he said to me was, I love this song. The second thing he said to me was, I love your voice. Wow. It was 
just I was on cloud fifty eleven. Because you're this is one of two songs that weren't written by him on the album, right? The other one was uh, "She's Out of My Life," Tom Baylor. No, no, no. Well, uh, just good friends was. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wrong. I'm sorry, wrong. Album. Right, right. Okay, so you were hinting to place the song, but. Quincy was sort of saying, like, eh, he no, wants well, to Well, Quincy all- called the meeting with his songwriters, his West Coast writers. I think there were, like, six or seven of us. And I was late for the meeting, so I tried to sneak in. And everybody's sitting around his living room. And he's talking in the middle of a sentence. And I'm, I'm trying to stay in the back of the room and just sort of slink on the side and find some place to sit down. As if, yeah. yeah. And he's tracking me with his eyes as I walk across the back of the room. And he says... As I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted, you know, just following me. And I'm, I'm like, going, oh, shit. So I, you know, sat in the corner and I took copious notes. Then I went to my friend Glenn Ballard and I said, Quincy's looking for a song for Michael. And he said, well, what kind of song does he want? And I was like, I don't know. So he gets up to go to the keyboard to turn it on mm-hmm. to get some sounds. Cut to two years prior to this day. I'm in a writing session with famous jazz pianist John Beasley. Right. Shit. So John and I are writing and John also introduced me to Sergio Mendez, which is another story. Mm-hmm. So John and I are writing and uh, the phone rings. And I thought we were doing some pretty good work. So I was waiting for the machine to pick up. And instead of him letting his machine pick up the phone, he picks up the phone and begins this very banal conversation. Ah, uh, Nothing. I'm not just hanging. I'm not. And I'm flipping through my lyric book saying to myself, no, he didn't just say he wasn't doing nothing. No, he's, no, he didn't. You know, I'm just like, I'm seething, right? And then I hear him say, the man? What man? Oh, the man in the mirror. So I wrote down man in the mirror. Two years later, I'm at Glenn's house. He gets up to turn on the keyboard, and he starts playing. Just to get a sound on the keyboard. And I'm flipping through my lyric book again, and the, the phrase man in the mirror literally leapt off the page and I could not write the, the lyric fast enough. I'll tell Glenn, wait, I'm just scribbling frantically, right. right? So in like 10, 12 minutes, we had the first verse and the first chorus to Man in the Mirror. That was Wednesday night. He said, you go home, finish the lyric, I'll finish the track and on Friday we'll demo the song. So I demoed this song Friday and we finished Friday night too late to turn it into Quest Records. So I called Quincy, and I said, Q, Glenn and I have written a great song. He said, great, Sid. Um, just turn it into the publishing office, and I'll hear it on Monday or Tuesday. And I said, Quincy, no, we, I really just want you. He said, Sid, I said, just let me, let me bring it over. He said, Sid, I'm in a meeting. I have like 12 people sitting in my dining room. I, no, I can't. Quincy has six daughters. Mm-hmm. So he knew he was not gonna win this <laughs> argument, mm-hmm. so he just said, "Okay, shit," and he, he, he bring it. So I brought this cassette to Quincy's house, knocked on the door, and the housekeeper opens the door and calls for Quincy. He opens the dining room doors. Sure enough, twelve fucking suits looking up at me, going, w- looking at their watches, like, "What the fuck is she?" This, this is the look on all. What the? F- this must be really important because we're doing some shit and she's interrupting <laughs> our meeting. So Quincy goes to the door. I give him this cassette and I said, Q, the only thing I ask is that you just get back to me. He said, don't worry. I said, just, just, he said, don't worry. Shit. 
close the door, right? <laughs> so, oh, I, I was expecting you to play it for him on the spot. Yeah. I wanted to, but he was like, no. I, look, like, look at this. No, I got these people. So, you know, I was glad that he let me bring it. Right. So he called me two hours later. I was at house at my house cooking dinner, and he picked up the I uh, picked up the phone, and he said, "Sid, this is the best song that I've heard in ten years." I'm like, "Yes!" And I'm living in best song in ten years. And I know he said, "But I didn't want to hear whatever shit came after." <laughs> I, I just want to live in best song in ten years. And then he said, uh, "But you know, Michael." We've been in the studio two and a half years. Michael hasn't, you know, Michael, he hasn't recorded anything. Don't worry. Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, James Ingram. Don't worry. So I had to let that go. I got a call three days later. And Quincy says, and I quote, Sid, we in the studio recording your old piece of song. And I'm like, yes. Then he said, but. <laughs> and you know how Charlie Brown's teachers talk you know they're saying something but you don't want you don't want to hear shit so everything after but I, I was I just, we're recording your song let me just be in that for a moment then he said uh, Michael wants you the, the only thing is um, the chorus Michael wants four more lines in the chorus and he really wants you and then he says hold on and I hear and Quincy gets back on the phone and says, and he really wants you to bring home the message that, that and, and then he says, then he says hold, hold on. And then I hear, <laughs> right? So Quincy Jones. It's like Peppermint Patty Marcy. Like. Puts Michael Jackson on the motherfucking phone. Right? Now, I don't know about y'all. But when I was coming up. We're here with you right yeah. now. Michael was my husband. I was my, my husband. <laughs> My other cousins had Tito and Jermaine and Brad. Uh, Michael uh, was my husband. So, in my mind, I'm on the phone with my husband. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I did not want to be, oh my God, Michael, let me sit with you. You're such a bad I'm so glad you're in my song. I wanted to be the antithesis of cool. that fan. Keep I wanted cool. to be the anti-fan. So I went... Not singing his songs in front of him? Straight, <laughs> I went <Shut> straight <laughs> telephone operator. I Judy picked up the phone and I said, how can I help you? <laughs> no, that's... I like I that. I swear that's to God. Nice. And the, like I said, the first thing he said to me was, I love this song. Second thing, and I love your voice. I'm like, thanks. So... Two or three days later, Quincy calls and says, uh, we need you to come down to the studio because the demo, the key, is too high for Michael Sing. So we need you to re-sing the demo. Great. I didn't know in the studio was Quincy Jones, Bruce Sweetine, and Michael Jackson. Yikes. So I walk in, and he's like, hi. And, you know, we're talking and whatever. But um, I, I didn't know why... Uh, he was filming. So Quincy said, go on and go in the, the booth and um, sing the song. So I get up to go in the booth, and Michael gets up with this. It was 80s, so it was a huge camera. video camera, right? right? And he's following me. And in Spike Lee's Bad 25 reunion, you can see Michael in a reflection in the mirror in the studio videotaping me getting ready to sing the demo in the new key. So I'm looking at the man in the mirror who's recording <laughs> the man in the mirror as he, you know, it was just insane. So insane. So um, 
I'm singing this, I'm getting ready to sing the song. I said, why are you, what are you, uh, over my shoulder, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? He says, I want to film you singing this song. I said, why? He said, because I want to sing it like you. Oh, I said, wow. wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, wait. <laughs> I said, great, Mike. All my friends are going to believe me <laughs> when I tell them he wants to sing it like me. So it was just it was wow. just such a weird, weird day. But it was one of the, the I I can't stop smiling how thinking he, about it. How are you able to concentrate with that yeah, yeah. much pressure? Pressure? Because Quincy's there. Michael, I I got a gazillion Bruce Bedeen questions. Like, I just saw Bruce last week. We went to Florida to visit. That's where he is. He's in uh, Orlando, Florida. And they Crap! Live, they, he's in Orlando, Florida. You were just there. You guys were just I was there. there. <laughs> oh snap! I could have got you an interview, dude. Oh man! I will do anything. Let me know to if talk. you go back. He would love it. He would absolutely love it. He Dog. would love it. They got a horse. Good rabbits. They got cats. We'll interview the horse. You guys are for us and rabbits. They got horses. chickens. Oh, B. Sweetine has the best chickens I've ever met because they deliver. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Me too. No, no, no. I tasted their Do you eggs. Do a lot of chickens? They have amazing <laughs> eggs, and the yolks are so rich, they're orange. They're the color of your shirt. Instead of yellow, pale-ass yellow eggs, these yolks are orange. Who knew they were supposed to be? And they are delicious. <laughs> it's because our chickens just eat grass on the, on the farm. Wow. Free-range yeah. chicken. Yeah. And free range eggs. They're fabulous. I love we went from Michael Jackson to free range <laughs> New eggs. so fast. <laughs> Have you done this so much that you can effortlessly just sing in front of someone when Michael Jackson's freaking watching you? Okay, here's the thing. And somebody asked me this the other day. What's it like to, you know, to record with Quincy Jones? Let me just tell you, when you're in the room with someone like that, Someone of that magnitude, someone who's at the top of their game in their game, you want to do the best that you can do to impress them. So you're you're in it to do your best. You're gonna you're gonna bring your best game to this table because this is the table that your game needs to be played at. Right. So you're gonna be the best that you you're gonna be bring your best self, and they're gonna draw even more of that out of you because that's their gift. Wow, I, did you take any drugs or anything that day, or anything to calm you down? Like I think Xanax that would have really fucked me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think I was bouncing off the walls with nothing? I, I can't. I couldn't. No, it was awesome. Oh, I have a great story. For yes. I've told this story a couple of times, but it just shows how truly human he was. The first time I met him, he, you know, I just sang the demo, and then we had some downtime, and we were chatting, and I looked down. He had on a his black fedora, white T-shirt, forest green corduroy shirt, black pants, one gray sock and one green sock or some shit, right? I said, dude, <laughs> what's up with your socks? <laughs> He said, "Oh, it was it was early in the morning and it, the room was dark, and I just pulled out what was ever, whatever was in the drawer." I said, "Obviously." So we laughed, whatever. <laughs> so the next time I saw him, a few days later, to record, um, we did the duet in Spanish and French and in English. So right. I was with him yeah. for a week recording, right? So the next time I saw him, he said, 
Sid. And he called me over, come, like, come here. And he pulled, pulled his pants up a little higher. He said, look at my socks. Now, he was still wearing, this time it was a red shirt and the white T-shirt and the black. I said, your socks are sky blue, okay? <laughs> they match each other, but they don't match nothing else you got on. So he just, he just, he just called me crazy. And he, and he said, your name sounds like you, 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 just, you just country. So I'm going to just call you Miss Gary. So he called me Miss Gary. There's no joke. That's that's just oh. what it was. <laughs> oh, that's just Wait, what Gary. it was. You straight up spelled that shit like right. there's no puzzle, man. That's, that's all you did. That's just the story. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You did the bad tour only for a few weeks or... We rehearsed for uh, they rehearsed for like a month and I okay you came I on the dangerous for a week story. of okay. that yeah okay I was like wait a minute I kind of sworn I saw you sing that um, just in touring with them how how tedious are rehearsals how tedious are oh no once we rehearsed we, it wasn't like Madonna where you would re, you would rehearse and sound check wink wink every show because we would always have to rehearse whatever didn't go well the, the, the on the show before. She, she would have notes and then... Oh, honey, she would have noted right. for almost everyone. My cord, my guitar strap, my right. boot, my you know, everything, everything, everything. So, but with Michael, we rehearsed for three months and that was it. I didn't see him except for two hours on the show every night. He didn't uh, rehearse every new city. We No, no, because he knew... <laughs> so time for band prayer. He's there, and then That's hit the it. stage. And... That's it. Wow. So was it? I mean, was it a fun experience, or was it just like? Oh my god! It was the most fun I've ever had in my life. Because we didn't. It wasn't like a bus tour. And the part that was the bus tour, I wasn't having no bus. Uh, no, I I flew. Really? I, I couldn't. I, they. I did one twelve-hour bus ride, and afterwards I was like, Oh well, no. That's not fun. 
hell to the now. In what? fact, we would do a show, and me and Greg, me and Greg were flying. Okay. While the, the other, you know, we would do a show. They would shower, whatever they're gonna do, get in their pajamas, get on the get bus. On the bus. That's so. Drive to the next city. Me and Greg would go back to our hotels, hit it in our beds, get up the next day, pack our shit, fly in, meet them before their bus arrived from the day before. Okay. And they're getting off the bus dragging, and Greg and I are like, we're going to lunch. See you guys at Soundcheck, you know. <laughs> so touring with like that was amazing. And when when there weren't buses, we would just fly everywhere because we had our own plane, and Michael was on his own plane. You know, and there was nothing like making fun of the stewardesses when they have to do the white lines and uh, right. buckle. We would all unbuckle and buckle our seatbelts when they would do that. And when she would do this, like she, the airplanes were coming in the hangar, we'd all do our hands like the airplanes were coming. <laughs> it was just so much fun. But listen, traveling with Michael Jackson, being on tour with Michael, was like being one of Jesus's disciples, <laughs> baby. We used to hate it when we were in the same hotel as Michael because usually the hotel would coordinate with your position on the tour. A hotels were for Michael, his guests, his friends. Right. B hotels was for the band and the singers. C hotels was for the crew. Crew, right. Right? So there were times when there was no A and B. It was only A and C. So those are the times when we had to be in Michael's hotel. We fucking hated it. Because all night, we all the world. We all the children. You know, it was just insane. You couldn't sleep. Could not. And then Michael would like peek out the window and then they'd go in freaking sane. You know, so it was never, he liked that kind of energy. We just wanted some rest. We wanted to get some rest. So we were happy when we were in a different hotel than Michael was in. Because his fans are like fanatics. They are truly fanatic. In fact, we were in Spain. And I will never forget this. We had a day off in Spain. And Spain, leather, shoes, handbags, hello. So we were going shopping. So we changed the money at the desk. So we got our little Spanish money and we're going out of the hotel. Now they cordoned off the fans because it was like a sea of fans in front of this hotel. So, But for the guests, they needed to rope off a path so the guests can come. So we're counting the money and putting money in my purse and trying to figure out where we're going to go have lunch. And we walked down through this sea of people, this opening, like Moses. Moses, (laughs) And from behind me, I hear, hey, that's Saida Garrett. Baby, I look behind me and people were like, come. Me and my friend took off, running down the street in Spain. And we're running, running, and looking at them and they're coming after us. I said, oh my God, what are they going to do when they fucking catch us? (laughs) It was just insane. And we were running and running. And then somebody must have said, hey, we're three blocks from the hotel. We better, what if Michael comes out? <laughs> so they then turned around, but that was the most harrowing yeah. time. And that's when I realized this is Michael it's every day. day. Yeah. It's insane. Well, they're going to pull my hair out, just have a remnant. Look what I got. Yeah, I don't know. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And it really scared me to, to think about that's what his whole life was. Did y'all sing I Just Can't Stop Loving You together? Did y'all record that together? Or was it? Yes. So, you was you were in his face. Yes, and y'all, I you told you telling. two mic stands, one here, one here, and and the lyric said, "I just can't stop loving you, Michael Saida." That it was in that moment that I realized, oh my god, I'm singing a duet with the fucking king of pop. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I, in answer to your question, all I wanted to do was just deliver my best, right, to impress him and Quincy. 
Look what I can do. That's oh man, that's so much pressure though because it's like I felt it was like yeah. this, is, this is where crack? I get to show them what what I have. No, you, no there was no crackage. No, you were just completely confident. Ah. In yeah, your skill. because that's, I was, I've been dying for this. You can hear it in the yeah, song. Even when you do, no I just crackage. can't stop loving you. You're like, oh, oh, that moment. I just wondered what Michael Jackson was thinking. He loved it. He loved it. He loved it. We had so much fun, man. And there was one time in Japan, I think it was New Year's Eve or something, I came out on stage, and this was before people were doing colors in their hair. I came out on stage with a little hot magenta pink bob. And then when Michael turned and said, East he started <laughs> laughing so hard. He couldn't even sing. He was laughing so hard. It was so funny. It was so funny. He... he, he I, I, my hair was usually like this, and I wanted, I wanted to switch it up just to see what was fucking happen. <laughs> and he could not stop laughing. He said that was really funny. That was really funny. Wow, wow, that's. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. All right, back on the block. Actually, I actually have a Michael. Oh yeah, go ahead. were there any other songs that you guys recorded together that didn't come out or? No, the the only other thing we did was keep the faith. Uh, was, um, keep the faith, right? Keep the faith. Yeah. Wait a minute. Okay, now we can get to the bottom of uh, Gotha Hots versus... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so on your solo record... Um, My ill-fated solo album. Oh, we have it. All right, so... On, yeah, we have it. We had to. Uh, they called a friend. They made us. No, so you, you did... Um, Baby got a bad with uh, uh, Rod Temperton. Yes, uh, the can fabulous. You, can you... Yeah, uh, he's... What is Rod Temperton like? Well, unfortunately, he passed away. I know. One of my regrets was just not, I mean, besides the Twitter relationship, I really didn't get a, you know, a chance to pick his brain. Yeah, he was. Rod Temperton was the most amazing songwriter that I've ever met. Rod Temperton has a work ethic that was like none other. Rod Temperton hated the press, he hated interviews. He would never agree to do any. He didn't want, he just wanted to be the guy who wrote the great songs and was behind the behind the scenes kind of guy. Right. Um, when we were recording my Kiss of Life album, we were in the student at uh, uh, the um, studio, uh, Westlake Studios, mm-hmm. and Rod had a couple of studios going at the same time because we were under pressure to get this record done. So um, one night we were recording and Rod had a toothache and he was, he was like a serious smoker. I can't even remember seeing his face without him having a cigarette hanging from his fingers. Mm-hmm. So he was smoking the cigarette and he's going like this with his hand on his face, on his jaw. I was like, what's wrong? He said, I'm a bit of a toothache. Was, That's all right. Can we, can we do it one more time? I'm like, Rod... You should call a dentist. He said, it's all right. He said, it's all right. So he said, go ahead and sing the song one more time. While I was singing the song, mm-hmm. Rod had sent one of the engineers into the toolbox. Oh, no. no. Uh-huh. Wait for it. No. Wait no. for no. it. No. 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 Don't be a dentist. No. Rod no. took a pair no. of pliers. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You. This is not the Rod Temperton story. He, I gripped, <laughs> he gripped that tooth, uh, yanked it out of his mouth. Don't touch him in the shower. Took a swig of his cigarette, what? a drink of his coffee, and said, 
One more take, please. <laughs> that's gangster right there. That's, that's some wow. gangster shit hot too. right there. Wow. Gangster. Mm. Wow. He was like that. That's the kind that of nigga Rod nice. was. <laughs> what the hell, man? No. And you sat there and watched that? I was I was just trying to I, I, I would have turned around. And then he's like, he's like, mm. and then he's like, you got to be bleeding profusely. Right, right. And he's washing it all down with, with the coffee, coffee and the, hey, he's the cigarettes the and the coffee. Yes. Oh, no. Well, yeah, that's him. I bet it was I like that. Shut up, Steve. <laughs> what did you say, Steve? I I think that's cool. <laughs> sound like Steve. It's oh. a white guy thing. It's got to be a white guy I, I, thing. That's something you'd my like dad's to be able dentist, to do. Of course but, he is. Yeah. But you could never pull that off. No, I wouldn't have the guts you, to you do that. Or you could never pull that out. Wait, your dad's a dentist, Steve? The coffee, the coffee I could do. Your dad's a dentist? Yeah, yeah. You've yeah, been working was. for 30 years. You don't know that his dad's a dentist? I'm like, I've known you for all my life, and I didn't know your dad was a dentist. Don't be a dentist. That explains your... Teeth? What? No, your Hanukkah gifts. <laughs> what, are they, what, are, what are they toothbrushes or what Floss. Uh, checks <laughs> I love it oh god uh, okay wait uh, yeah, before it yeah, I got one to, more back to baby so, no did we, we didn't get the answer so baby got it bad yeah I was gonna say so the thing is is that we have a version of Got the Hots that's on kind of a, a Michael box set that has him credited as the sole writer of it. Michael? Yeah. Right. Okay. So when we heard Baby Got a Bed, I realized that that's basically got the hots, which explains to me that so that Rod Temperton did the music, correct? Mm-hmm. Probably. I'm trying to figure out how... So how did you get the track before... I don't know what track you're talking about. Got the hots. I'm not... It okay. Was a, it was a thriller outtake. Play it, dork. Well, I didn't get it. (laughs) You never heard the original reference to Got the Hots? No. This is incredible. Okay. So this is uh, Got the Hots, uh, an outtake. So you got to the bottom of nothing. Uh, Right. But now we're all going to walk away enlightened, and I get to hear Got the Hots for a minute. Yeah. That's Rod Temperton to his core. Does he demo everything himself? Yeah, I sang a lot of his demos. So can you play the other one? Okay, well. Have you least... played have you heard Groove of Midnight? Michael's version of Groove of Midnight? He did what? Yeah. Nay. That was uh, one of the songs that didn't make the album. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, hey, <laughs> we're in the I love it when you freak out the nerds. Midnight. Oh. Here Wait. in the warm, the sweetest of the in the cheese. Do you, do you own this demo? <laughs> Somewhere. Are we going to be best Somewhere. friends? Can, can we hear it? You want to be my friend now? Mm. Of course. Want to shake my hand again? Mm. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> well, Larry again. You know how you do. Larry. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Larry yeah. from now on. <laughs> That's fine. I'll be Larry. Just, Just give them demos. Right. <laughs> Let's compare it to Baby's Got Yes, it nerd. All right. So this Baby's Got It. Also with Dick Rudolph on production, right? Yes. I used to love to sing for Rod. You hear the I, I. 
those all your backgrounds? Yeah, I was about yes. to ask. And when you're doing that, are you making? Are you? Is that just like off the top of your head? And oh no, 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 no! Rod had all the yeah, chords, yeah. all the notes written out, and he played me what notes to is sing. That how it worked? Yes, yes. I I always I concluded that maybe perhaps Mike didn't see it to completion because it didn't allow him to flex. Do Mike you're right as an entertainer exactly because he was confined. That's it right. was a brilliant song though. Thank you. And that's the thing, like with, especially with the work that Rod has done, especially when like Johnny Wilder is in the lead doing the heat heat wave stuff. Yeah, and. Oh yeah, all those harmonies. Zillion harmonies. Yo, there's there's one song uh in on central heating where at the very end it's called Put the Word, Word out. out. Yes, 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 yes. So <laughs> there's 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 one song which Johnny Wilder actually gives himself some debt because he mastered like for like nine minutes he had to sing this really intricate harmony part. And wow. at the end at the end of the song, Johnny Wilder's like I'm the best. I did that for ten motherfucking minutes. <laughs> it's, it's 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 really a great movie. For twenty fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> Love the callback. There you go. So when 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 you when you're called for a project like Back on the Block and subsequently listen up, and there's so many players in it, like how? Oh God. What are your memories of of? tackling that project that was i was just in awe to be in the room because you never knew who was going to show up i mean that album was ella fitzgerald sarah vaughn sarah vaughn barry white mm -hmm. uh, um uh, uh, miles davis al Jarreau, uh who's the, the cheeks Gee, the, dizzy, gillespie. dizzy gillespie dizzy gillespie all these people that was their last yeah. project yeah. right so I have a story. Um, Barry White was in doing the Secret Garden, right? Right. So Quincy and Barry are uh, talking in a little area between the recording booth and the vocal booth. There was a, like a little hallway in, at Westlake. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they're in there talking, and and I'm going from either from the booth into the studio or from the studio into the booth. But I had to pass them, and they're talking, and and Barry's talking to Quincy. Barry's talking, and I'm standing there. Waiting to say something to Quincy, and while Barry is speaking, my ribs are vibrating. Wow. And I said, Excuse me, Mr. White, I'm gonna have to leave because right now you are inside me right wow. now. <laughs> yeah, it was just so intense. He his voice was so rich and so deep, my rib cage was vibrating from the tone in his wow. voice. I feel it now. Baby. Ain't nothing like having Barry White inside you. I'm telling you. That's what they're telling you now. But is something like that overwhelming? Or by this point, you're just like, hey. I was loving it. I wake I up was... every day. Oh, hey. No. Ray Charles Elephant. No, you knew it was special. You knew that that was some shit that doesn't happen every day. You knew that um, these people only came because it was Quincy. I mean, Ray Charles, you know, Dizzy Gillespie. Come on. So it was just... It was a, a rich history lesson every day. The the musical history that Quincy surrounds himself with and has inside of him. I mean, since he was 14 years old. That's and and almost every decade he's been relevant ever since. Six 
decades of relevance in the music business. Who who does that? You know, it's just I just wanted to be a sponge. I just wanted to soak up all the goodness, all the richness, all the musicality, all the experience, all the talent that I could possibly soak up while I was in their presence. Oh. What did they say? You you are your collective intelligence is the, is a sum of the seven people you surround yourself with, or something like that. That's what Will Smith said. Well, yeah. in a room like that, is someone having oh, surrounded oh, no. by idiots? You gotta get it right I, now. I, oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> It's too much I beg your pardon, Mr. Questlove. I'm here, sir. No, that's that's a Pharrell joke. But, uh. <laughs> Yo, that was that was Tamia the only new person at the time of. No, she was that on the was, she was on the second. Was, she was on so Q's Juke Joint. She was on Juke Joint. Juke Joint. That's right. Back of the block. And Rod wrote the song for her, and I sang the demo. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Her voice was. Her voice is delicious. She was my baby Angela Vofield in my head. Uh, like, what are you going to do? What's your name? Misha Paris. Do that song first. You put yeah, Misha had a great relationship with Rod. He loved going back to, to London and recording stuff with her. She's awesome. I sang her demos, too. For When Rod would write in L.A., I'd sing the demos, and then he'd go to Europe and, and play them for Misha. You wrote Rod, the never, for... Rod never let out his music. If he was going to have a meeting with an A&R person for, to play music for their artist, he would go there, play the music, and take his shit right back with him. Because if you didn't like it then, you're not going to like it in 20 minutes. So you're not going to like it really? tomorrow. He never left any of his music with anybody. No. Mm-mm. Damn. Mm-mm. And he didn't do the demos until he got the job. Then he would demo, the, do you like this song, this song? Or we were like that. Really? Because Rod had that thriller money. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he really didn't. He, he did it because he loved the music. He, he didn't need the money. In fact, that was the, you know, he didn't care about that. Rod Timber didn't, didn't even drive a car. He didn't own a vehicle. In fact, his wife had to, she, oh, come on, Roddy, I, I need a car, you know, to, you know. Right. But Rod had a relationship with the, the yellow cab service way before Uber. Rod was like having the cabs coming, taking to get groceries, taking to buy cigarettes, you know. Wow. He was a trip. And Quincy doesn't drive either. What? If I was Quincy Jones, I wouldn't drive. Quincy never learned to drive. <laughs> You're not Quincy Jones. I'm not, and I know how to drive. So. He's Quincy Jones for a long time. Do you, how often do you really? speak to him? Do you? I spend every Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner with Quincy Jones, and I talk to him throughout the year, depending on who dies and <laughs> what's happening. Because he said all my friends are dead. It's, it's very oh, sad. Don't worry about him. So yeah. yeah. And he said to me, like, when Ray Charles passed and then Rod Temperton passed, and I was talking to him about funerals, he said, oh, shit, I... I, I can't I can't go to another funeral, Sid. If, if I went to every funeral with uh, people oh. that I know, I'd be at a funeral every week. Wow. He said, I'm done with funerals. Wow. I got to respect that. I got to respect Until that. Until you die. Until. <laughs> <laughs> I won't know that, though. So you, uh, you wrote the lyrics for Tomorrow, correct? Yes. For? For Chavin. I, for better the, you, better me, babe. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said it was your favorite. It was. You know that we'll show our hopes and our yes. You never cry at any of these songs. Man in the Mirror, Man. Tomorrow. You never cry Tomo- in the Tomorrow process. actually makes me kind of teary. Yeah, like that's, you Aww. know, Tomorrow will be. Okay, you're gonna okay. I'll tell you what. It, it, it reminds Sorry. me when I was a kid and Tomorrow was so far away. Yeah. And now Tomorrow's here and I'm like, damn. This is Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but it's never far away. It's not. One thing, one thing I can, thing I can always be real. sure of. Yeah. Get it all to be strong. Is that right? Get it on. Get it on. To be, to be strong. strong. To be strong. Yeah, me, I'm people. <laughs> Wait. 
Actually, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a confession. I actually didn't know that that song was originally an instrumental. Yeah, because the lyrics just fit it so perfectly. Thank you. Like it. <laughs> there was no That's old, why they paid me the Brothers big Johnson record. No, no. See, no. I didn't know that there were lyrics. Well, that's the thing. There weren't. I, there right. Weren't. I get it now. Just like, uh, what's his name? The the jazz guy that Eddie Eddie Harris who always adds lyrics to you know what? Oh. Okay, so as oh. as a soul train uh, a file, uh, I have to say that usually where I come from. In Soul Train, uh, Ology, depending on what time it comes on, either wrestling's coming on right before that, or America's Top Ten. Yes. So I was really happy during your duration of that. Was so much fun, man. And I mean, and uh, Casey Kasem called me one day and uh, told me I was doing a really great job because I would sub for him when he was going on vacation or if he was I mean, sick or something. How does that even happen? Like I don't remember how that happened. I really don't. But I I remember. Uh, doing the show and they really wanted me to continue but I it was painful for me because every week I would announce all my friends going up the charts Tevin Madonna they were all you know and I would this week on the you know and I felt kind of left out I was like on the outside and and it was kind of painful so I I didn't want to do it anymore oh and they were like but you're so good at this I said but I don't I don't want to do it no, it, I, it makes sense. It was fun. It sense. I remember when Casey Kasem was having his first child, and he was trying to figure out what to name the, the kid. And I said, "You know what, Casey? I don't care what you call him. Just don't call him Justin Casey. Justin Casey. Put up, <laughs> Justin Casey. Put up, bump. Right, oh, I get it. Yeah. I got it. Okay, Justin Casey. I got it. I got it. I got it. But I actually yeah. did Stick say that. I, yeah. I did. <laughs> 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 but I'm working on my stand <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. cut to the chase just because so, I'll we'll be here for nine hours. How did you come across uh brand new heavies? Oh my gosh, I was um assigned to write with each one of the members of the brand new heavies for the next album, just as a songwriter. So um I uh would get these tracks and I would uh demo them and send them to London, or I would go to London and demo the songs after I'd written it. It was just me writing with an equal number of songs for an equal for each member of the group, right? Did they know they were all writing with you? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. it was like, I got to no, say, no, 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 no. It was my job to write with each one of them for their record, because the last album, the drummer wrote all the songs, and they were great on the road, you know, buying clothes and living it up on the road. And then they went home to their little apartments Publishing, while the drummer bought a car checks, and right. got a new flat. And, you know, so they were like, hey, right. we're equal members of the group, right? So we should all get a part of the of writing, right? We're all going to be writing, right? We're all writing. So I had to write with an equal number of songs for each member of the group. It so wasn't about the best songs. I, was to ask that. I think it was uh, the drummer, Yan. Jan Kincaid. Yeah. Yan Kincaid, yeah. Dog, that, you might not be aware, but that Dilla remix, the remix yeah. changed lives. Oh, my God. I can remember. You don't even know it. What remix? The Uma remix with exactly. Q-Tip. Oh, the oh, Q-Tip. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. love Q. And, and I see him. I hadn't seen him since, for like 10 years after the record. And I didn't know if he'd remember, pff, whatever. Oh, no, that record's so a classic. So I saw no, him, and a, he said, classic. the Uma mix? Of course I remember you. The Alma mix, brand new heavies. It was really good. That was that was an awesome. That was that mix was better than the record. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole record. It, it kind of, it kind of was. And, yeah. yeah I, I the whole even, record. I don't even know if you're aware. Like, the the guy who did the track what to the I'm music. Jay Dilla is like, he's our. Jay Dilla. Yes, he's, he's. All right, so Jay Dilla is a, a producer from Detroit that Q-Tip discovered, who's like our guru. I would love to movie. meet him. Uh, no, you, he, well, he passed away. Oh. But, I mean, of That's all of his work. That's going to be hard. Yeah, it's, it is yeah. hard. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you, you hold the honor of, like, you're on one of his signature tracks. Like, every, the tracks that he's done, that really inspired the neo-soul movement. The way that D'Angelo's records sound the way it does, the way that Erica Badu's records, the way that Roots album sound, the way that yes. Jill Scott's, like that whole neo soul movement between '96 and like 2005, he's really the the, the epicenter of it all. So wow. it's like you, I mean, you're you're basically on the Duke Ellington of that movement. Wow, that's so cool. Music, yeah, yeah, and so I did not know that. Yeah, when it came out, that just that changed lives. Um, so, talk about your your new. Pro- All right, this acronym is a nightmare. Why? Uh, what? G- ghetto. Give me the acronym. Greatness. Yes. Happens. Happens. Even though there's oppression. Mm, what you saying? You couldn't say ghetto. What? That was. I. Didn't say I couldn't say ghetto. Like I said, I couldn't remember the acronym. Do for you which, now? Yes. What is Gr- it? Greatness happens even to those. No. Even though <laughs> greatness happens oppression. even though there's oppression, my dear. How apropos for the times we's living. I'm in. trying to tell you. How did how did it come uh, to be? Well, um, common. I've always been a fan of his um, energy. And the message in his uh, music and his rap, and um, I really uh, started to know him as a person um, when we found out we were on the um, the same uh, Oscar board. Thank you, darling. We were on the uh, the Academy. He's uh, an Academy member, and I decided when I decided to add a verse to this song, I had a little wish list, and Common was at the top of the list. I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't really expect to get him on it but yeah, I was about to say, but all, he, got could, him, all he could say is no and you know nothing nothing beats a failure but a try so i i just posed it to him and sent him the song he loved the song and um i kind of got his information uh, while we were on the um on this music branch and he just seemed so just kind of cool and just open to it and when he said yes because he loved the message of the song I was like, great. And then it was about waiting for him to have time to to put on his 12 bars. But baby, when they finally came in, it was so dope. I just loved it. And it just elevated the song to another level. He's a he's he's the man. Special individual, that common. I'll say. Wait, why am I talking about Barry White right now? <laughs> if you can wear some crochet pants, <laughs> use a special motherfucker. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Saeed and Garrett, you, you are... Everything I ever wanted in uh, in the interview, and Aww. we're we're not. I even, even brought a bag of chips. I ate them on the way. Oh. Wait, before, before we say goodbye, can you explain? Because aren't you involved? This T-shirt that you're wearing, yeah, can Black you, Girls Code. Yeah, can you yeah. just talk about that real quick, yeah. dude? Um, I was at um 
uh, a graduation for some um, some some people that are are learning code and learning how to impact uh, technology through art and music and business. And um, we wanted to this this uh, movement is to teach black girls that they can code their own computer games and they can program their own uh, they can. They can compute themselves, and they don't have to be young white boys to learn how to uh, to to code and and create your own video games and and computer programs. You you could uh, black girls can do it, and I think the movie Hidden. No, Hidden Fences. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I think Hidden Figures did a lot to sort of show people that. Math is good for girls, and you know, black girls can compute some shit. So, um, I'm just here to support that that every black child looks at a, a video game or looks at um, something on their a program on their computer or an app or something, and think. I wanted to be able to think, hey, I can improve that, or I can make an app for this, or I can do that. You, I don't think they they don't even teach that in school, so no nobody really has an, an idea that they mm-hmm. can aspire to do something like that. So I'm here to be the liaison and just to be a vessel to to promote that message. Black girls can do it. We can code. We can do some shit up in here. So right. yes, we I got can. a friend who has uh, two daughters that are. Like their dream is to make video games and black girls code. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I think I've learned everything. <laughs> yeah, boss Bill, what did you learn today, man? What didn't I learn? Hold on, let me go through my notes. You were keeping come, notes come, on. Oh, come, oh, back, no. come back to me. Come back to me. Really? Yes. All right, unpaid bill. Man, save the shit. That's all I've learned today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was, yeah. This is this is amazing. Listen to talk um, about being an artist and all this other stuff is super. Amazing and awesome. The, one of the things I learned that I'm going to treasure most is what the hell you guys were saying and don't look any further. Um, <laughs> that, that is going to come in handy. Um, just, I've always been a fan of yours. Um, like, I, I'm I think, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. Um, I think you, you, I'm not Michael Jackson, but I love your voice. I, I love your voice and you write amazing songs. I'm very honored to be in this room with you right now. So um, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. This has been relatively painless. <laughs> relatively. And did you really, really, did you really think that it was going to be that painful? I didn't know. Wasn't you sure. didn't know what you was walking into? I didn't. Eric, Sugar Steve, reflections. Okay? What you say, Suge? I want to. Got that, Suge. There's no version of James Ingram singing Man in the Mirror. Is there? <laughs> oh, well, hell no. Uh, we can all rest a little easier in that no, knowledge. No, no, I'm a fan yeah. of his yeah. also. James is wicked, man. Yeah. Oh, I have a question. Um, uh, you don't have to raise I'm your sorry. hand. I, no, it's <laughs> force of habit. Yeah. Okay. Um, this actually. I was Wait done. a minute. I was done. She did a song with Philip Steve. Ingram. <laughs> Steve. Yeah, I did. Shit. Philip Ingram. Yeah, he was one of the guys that was at the auditions <laughs> for Quincy, and he started hiring me to do background sessions. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to carjack your memories. No, no, it's, uh, I mean, it's par for the course at this point. <laughs> <laughs> this, ha- this happens every episode. He, he didn't you mean to, to Salino and Barnes, you, my man. Salino and Barnes. You mentioned James Ingram, and it just hit me that she did a song with Philip Ingram. Yeah. And I was a massive Switch fan. 
And you I know what? Switch came to my high school, and I told Philip. Word. Yeah, I I like went up to meet him, and he was so snotty. And I said, "You were a bitch to me. You were just so mean." He said, "When?" So when I was in high school, your group came, and you didn't you didn't even. <laughs> I was I just read him the riot act. He said, "I'm sorry, I didn't know." You know, he's so sweet. I just adore him. That is I crazy. adore him, Philip Ingram. Great Back singer. What you got to say, sugar? <laughs> Just one more thing. <laughs> got that sugar. No, I mean uh, that's your intro now. It's it it's clearly. I mean, I guess I'm staying the obvious, but you know, Michael Jackson was your husband. That was and my husband. And then you end up doing the duet with my across hood. the microphone. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty incredible. It was a dream. It was a dream I didn't even know I had. I mean, if somebody had told me that that would have happened, I would have just laughed them out of the room because you know. How could that happen? How can that possibly happen? Yeah, it happens, you know, once in a while, I guess. The moon must have been blue mm. that day. Sweet, sweet Margaret. Any last words? New uh, cheese. Uh, you gonna throw, gonna throw off Grash? Like who's Margaret? Um, Gucci Mane. We call her Sweet Margaret. Uh, does she I, know that? No, no, she no. doesn't. No. They call That's me a new. lot of things. Yes, okay. We're gonna leave it Sweet Margaret today. Um, what does I never read anything out your name. Since when is it sweet? Oh, because it was a basketball reference. Oh, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, I learned number one that one of my heroes loves to cuss as much as I do. I love that profanity. Also, Who's this, that? Is, this, this is you. What are you talking about? You don't cuss. Motherfucker, I'm talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this power of new cheese. I am oh. taking this now. I don't really think I need to read the book at this point because y'all gave me the, the whole thing. You got the gist. But what you did with your new cheese is so fucking amazing. And I hope that you realize one day that even though you did not go necessarily the path that you wanted to, what you have done is so much bigger oh, to bless. so many people and individually. Like, Thank you. The words that you bring, bring people to so many emotions, joy and, you know, and sadness and everything else, everything they need to feel. So anyway, this is what I learned. And I learned Saida Garrett is the shit. Bless. You just learned that today? Yeah. Well, today, officially, personality-wise, this is our first time meeting. So, yeah, the work was a shit, well, but now I know she the shit. Laya took uh, <laughs> my my lesson. Uh, oh, what about day. what about Bill? Oh, I'm saying <laughs> she was, I went, he I was first. Oh, I was first. Right, yeah, first. You need to say more, darling. You're so forgettable. Just just in case you're head scratching, when we after we conclude a sermon or an interview. We all have our reflections on what we learned. Um, but, yeah, I'll say again that, and I'll double down on what Laia said, um, for all of you listening, and if I made you or texted you to listen to this episode, yes, I'm talking to you. And if I tweeted it more than once, yes, I was really talking to you. Yeah, if 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 it's time for new cheese. <laughs> and... You know, I'm bringing it back to my basketball metaphor. Like, everyone's trying to be Jordan. Everyone's trying to be LeBron. But, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, the the the, the trainer might move up to assistant coach, might move to defensive coach, might make it to owner of the team. You know, like, not everyone. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's a little glory in being Allen Iverson or being LeBron. But at the end of the day, the, the cats that sign the checks, the guys behind the scenes, there's new cheese, not just the spotlight cheese, but there's other cheese there. And right. that's that's the lesson I want people. That's why I really wanted you on the show so that you could share that story. And that's great. I thank you. Namaste, bitches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know that note? 
Fonte, I Don't really oh, wish you were here. Fonte, we miss you so much, bro. I really wish you were here, Fonte, for this episode. Fucking new cheese. And we are Will I Am Studio. Bam. I just wanted to say that. that yes, right. thank you, Will I Am, for yes, letting thank you. us We're in the studio. future. Yeah, where <laughs> every room is like the future. Yeah. Every room is white. And they have all the uh, Japanese uh, clothes. Non disclosure agreement. Really? And I had got sexually assaulted what? by the toilet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You loved it. What are you talking about? Yeah, the turlets say hello when you walk in. And or will we? Anyway, yeah. on behalf, <laughs> on behalf of uh, Missing Fonte, Unpaid Bill, yeah. Boss Bill, Sugar Steve, Sweet Margaret, and the lovely side Garrett, and Loud Ass Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is Eric, Qu- I got a camera. This, this is Questlove Supreme. We will see you on the next go-round. Thank you. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.